This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host today, Super Vegan Brian, and I am joined by David the Toothpick. All right, getting to watch you while you did that was, <laughs> was made some funnier. So once again, we are back. We are on episode 178. Yep. Um, and um, for those of you who are patrons, we are recording video of these episodes, of, not every episode, but we're recording a video when we feel that we're decent enough to do video. Well, so and, far, we're two for two. So. Yeah. Um, so you can go to patreon.com slash radio and watch us be dorks as we do a dorky podcast. I was um, say, now instead of just listening to us be dorks, you can watch us too. Yes. <laughs> so it is a long time since this has happened. Um, we are the only ones on the podcast today. Oh, right. It's lovely in here. David and I. And um, Momo is here too. Momo oh, well, we're good. Well, as long as Momo's that. here, we're good. Yeah. Um, like people can I, actually finally see our unofficial I should mascot. Grab, I should grab Momo so hey, Momo. patrons hey. can see Momo. There. Oh, the, she, the, 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 the cat, the myth, the legend. Momo. Yeah, the description for... The description for um, people who aren't patrons is it's a very, very unamused cat <laughs> who, who is like, why are you holding me? <laughs> yes, um, yeah, it's Momo, the, the butt of and answer to most of our technical problems. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of technical problems, your camera's not green anymore. It went Yay. green right before we started recording, and the second I hit the record button, it turned normal. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting some interference from the interdimensional portal or something. It keeps doing that. Yes, because that's something we actually have that interferes with technology. Absolutely. The only problem with video is now we're going to have to specifically not show people our consoles and things so that uh, we can maintain the mystery of what they actually look like. You know... I I was listening to um, Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is a podcast that transmits from another world. Mm-hmm. And they start up their episodes with, this isn't real. It's only comedy. They're not really in another world. Well, you know, we actually have science fiction technology. Yes. And if you want to hear more about how we actually have it, have it, listen to our bonus episodes on the Patreon. And we talk about how we actually have it. Quite often, actually, yeah. it's it's a very very deep topic of conversation. <laughs> so, 
We're going to be talking about nostalgia today. Ah, yes. But uh, but first, we're going to play everybody's favorite game. Uh, What's, What's Nerdy, Nerdy with you? you? The Duo Edition, which uh, we don't usually use Mike Myler's patented widget system when there's just two of us. We just talk about the nerdy things we've done and uh, try and one-up each other. So... I, 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 you know what? You want me to go first? Because sure. That shakes things up. Oh yeah, let's let's start this um, off with a bang, Brian. What's nerdy with you? Um, well, I'm gonna kind of steal your book, and I've been doing things that I don't really consider nerdy, even though they probably are. They're just my like book. my it's routine my book. things. Um, I have been playing um, Darkest Dungeons. I just got that. That is a fun game. And it's basically, I play games until they start to interfere with my life, and then I stop playing them. Um, <laughs> but, it, I, like, I played it all day today. But it was mostly because it was snowing and I didn't want to do anything. Ah, uh, yes, the land where there's actually weather. It rained here for the first time in a long time recently. <laughs> I, um, after work yesterday, I rushed out and was like, I need to get I need to get groceries before it snows. I need to go, I need to go, I need to go. Second I clocked out from work, it started to do freezing rain. So I get to the grocery store and then it's snowing by the time I get out of the grocery store. And then I have to go to two more stores. Oh so no. I go to Walmart. Um and then on the way out, it's been snowing for a while. So I almost hit a car when I hit the brakes in my car slide. Oh, I don't hit the car. And then I get out of the other grocery store, the last grocery store I had to go to. And my, I was using Heather's car and my key fob battery died and she's got a push button. Oh, um, okay. Well, a non nerdy good Samaritan showed up and showed me what to do. Oh, that was nice of them. Apparently what you do is you take the key fob that doesn't have a battery and you push the button with it. Interesting. I don't know why it works. Proximity circuit, maybe? maybe. I don't know. But it worked, and the car started, and I was very happy. <laughs> You're damn lucky, because otherwise you'd have been, uh, you wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> I would have just had to wait for Heather to somehow get her key fob to me. Yeah. Wow. It, it probably would have required a AAA phone call. It wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But um, a so Good Samaritan helped me, and then I slid out of the parking lot and crashed into a curb but it was just like a i kind of like knocked it and then corrected and there was no damage or anything <laughs> so so is that your first time driving in the white shit no no i have driven in snow before <laughs> no it doesn't was, seem like it this was just it was it was my first time in a few years no, okay. which you know it kind of cements me as a Portlander because people from this area don't know how to drive in the ice either. Mm. So probably imagine, because they're all from California. Could you imagine if it iced over down here, people would lose their shit. <laughs> you know, I have, I was driving down Gilman Hot Springs Road from Hemet towards the 60 and it was snowing and we passed three car accidents. I believe it. Roads weren't I icy at all. I think people just flip their shit and drove panic, off the road. Panic! Yes. Panic! <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there was that. And um, I did, we didn't play Anna's game this Sunday, but we did a test session to test out um, Fantasy Grounds. So I got to test out Fantasy Grounds. 
Oh, which you like better, Fantasy Grounds or Roll20? Um, I can't compare yet. We haven't played a game yet. No, We've just enough. been playing around with it. I, I already see some pros and cons. Like, I would definitely probably pick Roll20 just because I know it better. Um, There's something to be said for that. But, I mean, we were figuring out how to do some pretty cool stuff. I like how Fantasy Grounds looks. It looks really cool. Yeah, Roll20 is a little user-unfriendly if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, Fantasy Grounds is the least intuitive software I've ever used in my life. That's saying something. Every single time we tried to do anything, it was like, all right, how do you do this? And it was like, (laughs) how do you pan the map? How do you... Oh, jeez. Yeah. Everything was unintuitive. Um, How do you rename the shortcuts? Okay, okay. Yeah. You apparently... Right click on them and then click rename. But then the cursor gets put at the end of the label and the default label is longer than the button. So you can't see the cursor. So you have to hold down backspace. Mm -hmm. It's not very intuitive. No, that's not. No. It almost sounds like you need a cheat sheet just so you can. uh, (laughs) What am I trying to do? Oh, yeah, I got to do this and this and this. Okay. (laughs) We also we we had a lot of trouble figuring out how to edit ability scores. You do it with a miscellaneous modifier. We had trouble. We had we had trouble with um, setting up a staff. So it was one handed and two handed. Mm hmm. Um, and then we, we ended up figuring out, like, we went through this whole thing where we duplicated the staff. So we had two staffs. We had a one-handed staff and a two-handed staff. And then after we did that, we figured out the better way to do it. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, and there's no, like, this. there's nothing in the system whatsoever to guide you with what you're supposed to do. Where... Roll20 has tutorials. I'd never look to see a Fantasy Grounds. Oh, Roll20 too. has sure way more does. than just tutorials, but yeah. Roll20, I mean, there's an entire Facebook group of people just sharing stuff that they do with Roll20. I mean... And we've talked about switching, switching to Roll20 just because a lot of the other players are more comfortable with it. But, um, you know, and I made an investment, so I would like to see... No, I absolutely. Like I, mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's 130 bucks plus books. So I mean I can't say anything. I've given Roll Twenty probably 150 bucks in the years I've been using it. So <laughs> Fantasy Grounds is apparently one-time payments. So uh-huh. yeah, that's I mean that's a big difference right there. And there's more content available for Fantasy Grounds than there is for Roll Twenty. Interesting. Um, more licensed stuff. Okay. So. I, I think maybe I don't know if they've been doing it longer. I don't really know. I, I think maybe they, I honestly don't know. I haven't really done any research. I think they've been around it. the same about the same time, but um, Fantasy Grounds has been doing licenses longer. Makes sense. So, what about you? What was nerdy with you? Well, I mean, I, not to not to 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 add on to your uh, car issues, but uh, not just couldn't keep it on, huh? Yeah, you realize you have a cord now stuck. Going into your soil. <laughs> you should have taken the headset off first. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. That was that was quite funny. Brian muted himself, so he can't even answer back. Um, but what's dirty with me? Well. 
my friend of mine at work has been having some car trouble, so I was trying to help him out. And apparently, he's having some electrical issues that I that I have been un- unable to help him solve. But we did a whole bunch of troubleshooting and trying to figure out why his car didn't want to start. And so that's been the last oh, three or four afternoons after work. <sighs> Always fun. It's quite nerdy. Also, just the nuts and bolts and things that you can have to look up and find what to do. And it's there's what manuals. Era, to what read. kind of car is it? Oh, it's he's got a 2011 Mercedes 550 or E550. He changed the battery out because the battery was going low and it fucked up his EIS system. And now his car won't start. Like most of the electronics work, everything turns on, everything's good except. It goes in there and presses the button and nothing happens. So we went through all his fuse panels. We troubleshooted every. We would, you know, we swapped his battery back out again for another one. Done everything I can think of. And granted, I am not an auto care professional, but I do a lot of the maintenance on my own vehicles. So <laughs> I know a bit more about it than a lot of people. So I was trying to help him out, but we couldn't get it fixed. So. I think he's going to have to bite the bullet and take it to a dealer and they can figure out what's wrong with it. We went through a similar thing with Erica's car not that long. Uh, not Erica's car, Heather's car not that long ago. The um, the um, the battery was dead mm-hmm. and it was like everything went haywire. The doors wouldn't yeah. work. The the you couldn't you you could start the car, but you kind of couldn't start the car sometimes. And then all it needed was a new battery, but yeah, it was, it was really weird. And then she needed new fuses. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, so it's been a fun few afternoons because trying to figure out how to work on a car that is years, years above what I'm used to working on. I'm used to working on cars that are analog. <laughs> you, you want a computer? There's no computers. There's a bunch of relays in a panel. <laughs> um. Uh, speaking of other nerdy stuff, I gave Heather her Valentine's gift today. Oh, nice. I gave her um, a plush replica of Boo, the world's cutest dog. That's adorable. Um, have you seen Boo, the world's cutest dog? No. Let me let me share. Okay. I, I, I will. Let me get the picture up so I'm not sharing everything with patrons. <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh wow brian that's impressive 14 porn tabs holy crap Aha, that's really funny <laughs> okay yeah it's a little tiny yeah, dog that, I, I love the article i picked was social media star boo the world's cutest dog dies <laughs> <laughs> well played sir well played, but it's it's a cute little plush Pomeranian wearing a unicorn costume. Aww. So I think it I think it counts. As Adorable. And Heather got my uh, Heather got me a keychain that says "I love you with all my boobs." <laughs> nice, that's great. I unfortunately, well, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, don't uh, actually have to celebrate Valentine's Day this year. So yay, yay. <laughs> Happy Singles Awareness Day. I, you know, one of the benefits of being in a pandemic is I don't have to deal with limited Valentine's menus. This is like true. Going out to eat because I've I've had so many I've had so many dates ruined by Valentine's Day limited menus and not having mm-hmm. reservations. And man, aren't you just nostalgic for the times when you didn't have to worry about any of that? You know, 
<laughs> I am. And speaking of nostalgia, <laughs> damn, I'm good. <laughs> we're going to talk about. Oh, I can't think of anything better. I was going to just change it on its head. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of nostalgia, Booyah. we're going to talk about we're, we're going to talk about professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, OK, attitude error. Let's go. That actually <laughs> is a upcoming topic. That um, is awesome. Yeah, Brent I, Bowser I actually, requested it. I actually need to look at the schedule. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Brent Bowser requested. It. I haven't put it on the schedule yet. Oh. It's, um, it, okay. I, I just had a conversation with about it. Nice. He he wants us to do a live play at a con at a virtual con. Interesting. I would, I'd be I, down. Yeah, but I think the date might coincide with my family reunion so we'll we'll look into that what's the problem with that you go into a room for a few hours and say leave me the fuck alone that's true <laughs> um so i have i you know what i never actually shared the outline link with you did i no you didn't i was looking at your screen as you were making it but <laughs> yeah well let's let's share the outline link with you you know mm. i i want to let all you listeners know this episode, the, these episodes are meticulously planned, except for this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one does have the the air of spur of the moment on it because it kind yeah. of was. I I so with the snow, I have just it's my day off, and I just have not wanted to do jack shit all yeah, day. Yeah, you were, you were playing Darkest Dungeon, <laughs> and um. We were we were sitting there. We were I, I was sitting there and then I I was like I served dinner and I was like, Hey, wanna celebrate his Valentine's Day a couple days early? And she was like, Yeah, that sounds good. And we did that. And he was like, Wanna watch TV? And I'm like, Yeah. And then she goes, You know you have the podcast in 10 minutes. <laughs> and I went, Oh crap. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm the only one that actually remembered. All right. So cool. so David. What yes. does nostalgia mean to you? Well, I mean, there's the wait. I, I need. I have to request access to your Google Doc. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I mean, there's the general actual definition of nostalgia, which I can look up if I really wanted to, but I'm being lazy, so. <laughs> um, nostalgia to me is just you know it's the 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 things you think of and the shows you watch and the music you listen to and the memories you share and the things you fondly think of and the stuff that just takes you back to that time when things were more carefree or when you were a kid or even just, you know, transport you to your, your happy place for a little while. And I mean, that's always my definition. That's a good definition. I, um, it's like, um, we kind of think like, wasn't it great back then? Like yeah. it's it's like the opposite of being in the moment where like you'd you'd kind of dwell on the things as if things were only better in the past. <laughs> well I, the, the the Oxford English dictionary defines nostalgia as a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. I don't think there's anything wrong with that in most cases. I, I think, think there's so some toxic nostalgia, but there's... Well, yes, but to be fair, there's toxic most everything. So. Yeah. Um, I think thinking back, like I, I'll put on um, Disney Plus and throw DuckTales on and be like, 
transported back to rushing <laughs> home from elementary school and plopping down on the couch and watching DuckTales. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, I was a little bit younger than you, so my show I rushed home from after elementary school was Power Rangers, but okay. I actually did that too. I think I was probably in middle school when I did it, but I still watched. I, I was sort of a late grow upper. I mean, I, I, I mm. played with Legos long after I probably should have um, stopped. Um, point of order. I still play with Legos. So <laughs> good for you. <laughs> and you're probably much better at it than you were when you were a kid. I can follow the, the directions a lot better. Yeah. Do you make do you make airplanes and go and when you when you're done you pick them up and go whoosh. Um, duh. <laughs> How else awesome. do you play with Legos? <laughs> I I literally did the thing where I put my Legos away because one of my kids one of my friends called me a baby for still playing with them when I was <gasps> in middle school. That bastard. Then. And I always and and like later I had them for years and I was like, I don't keep these. I want to use these one of these days. And um, my mom gave them away. Oh, yeah. Oh, she was just like, yeah, (laughs) I kept them in a Christmas cookie tin, like one of those big ones. Nice. I was dating the the Danish butter cookies. Yeah. Yeah. I kept all my Legos in one of those. Wow, you didn't have very many Legos then. Um, well, it wasn't one of the little tins. It was one of the like quadruple stack ones. Okay, again, you didn't have very many Legos then, did you? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it seemed like a lot. You dumped it out and made a pretty big pile. Yeah, fair enough. My cousin Timmy had the Lego collection. When I was a kid, um, mm. he had... The he was whole, the Lego maniac. He had the medieval castle set and had nice. them in the hobby drawers, the little drawers, and had them all categorized. Are you sure that was your friend and not your friend's dad? No, no, it was my my cousin. Well, he was <laughs> two years cousin? older than me. So, yeah, no, he, he had the drawers. He had all the drawers at all, but he had the whole medieval set. He only had the medieval set, and I only had the space sets. Space Knights. Um, and he had so many extra Legos that we would take them in the backyard and melt them with a magnifying glass. Okay, that's but sacrilege only, right there. Only the Lego people, not the bricks. No, that's fine. <laughs> so those Lego people are evil. Yeah, um, GI Joes too. That was fun. We used to melt GI Joes. Now GI Joes is a horse of a different color. I was all about the GI Joe as a kid. Um, when I was growing up in my childhood home, my next door neighbor was also all about the GI Joes. And in between our two houses, there was a little tract of land that had a gate in between the houses and. Our pe- my parents at one point had paid to have all the weeds and stuff taken out of there. and It got flattened into just a dirt lot. So over the course of an entire summer, my friend and I went over there. My ne- The next door neighbor, best friend and I at the time, went over there and dug a series of tunnels and little forts and earthworks. And we'd go out there and play G.I. Joe's for hours. <laughs> when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to play with G.I. Joe's. I would play with my friends, G.I. Joe's, but I wasn't allowed to get them. My mom was like, violence, can't get them. But they never actually kill anybody. That's I know. one of the things of the show. I know. <laughs> um, so when I was an early teenager, the only time I ever shoplifted, the first and last time I ever shoplifted Damn. was a G.I. Joe. Damn. And I got caught and... 
the manager of the store locked me in a room, scared the crap out of me, and then told asked for my phone number he and told me he was going to call my mom and sent me home. And he never did. <laughs> but I was always afraid he was going to. Wow. I talk learned about, my lesson. He scared the crap out of me. Talk about putting the fear of God in you. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Man. Kept yeah. me in the room for like three hours, just in the Oof. back room. Oof. Probably not legal at all. I was a Probably not. minor. <laughs> I wonder if that, I think that's technically, uh, <laughs> technically kidnapping, but. But yeah, um, I, I wasn't allowed to buy them. Um, so in my stupid head, I stole one. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had the I had the big castle with the fold out side, the the, the little ba- the, the cobra base with the fold out sides, and oh, I had a bunch cool. of the tanks. And my next door neighbor friend, his dad bought him the 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 model aircraft carrier that was like three and a half feet long. <laughs> so I'm gonna start this off just because there's gonna be a lot of oh that sucks through this whole conversation. So I'm just gonna say all of my toys are gone, every single one of them. They were all given away or. Because when we moved from from New York to California, my mom just unceremoniously got rid of a lot of stuff. Mm. And that included my Kenner Star Wars toys. Mm. My original run Kenner Star Wars toys. See, a lot of my childhood toys when I got old, when I got, when we moved from Lakewood to where I live now, uh, we had yard sales and sold most of our stuff, most of, uh, most of our stuff as kids. So well, I, I, I just want you to envision the collection. I mm. didn't have I didn't have unopened boxes. I I I've never been the type to do that because I want to play with my toys. I've always wanted to play with my. That's toys. why you buy two: one to play with, one to put away. I also was the kid that wasn't aware <laughs> that you were supposed to keep an unopened box. So fair enough. Fair enough. I had the Darth Vader, the Darth Vader carrying case, and the C three PO carrying case. Nice. I had them full. And I had a mail order Boba Fett, and I had a mail order Anakin's ghost. Mm. I've and, got uh, I've got uh, a Han Solo in stormtrooper armor with the removable helmet. Awesome! Oh yeah. The the other ones that I, I was talking to my mom about these the other day, the ones that really get me were I didn't have a Millennium Falcon. Mm. I never did. I never had the big one. I had a yeah. friend who did. I had a friend who had it. And they did the thing where they hang it from their ceiling with fishing that's, line. That's awesome. Um, but I had an ATAT. Yes, gotta love the ATAT. That big ass ATAT. And I had Jabba's um, sand. I, oh, oh, the I, sail barge. Yeah, the sail barge. Nice. With uh, Jabba and all the figures. My stepdad. My up. stepdad has the sail barge and all the figures for it, and he keeps them all new in box. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, He's got all that stuff locked away. That's awesome. I had, um, when I was, I wish I still had this. This was something that got, um, I had the Jabba's Sail Barge board game. I got it. Wait, there was a board game? Yeah. I got it at my kindergarten birthday party and it was a cardboard sail barge that you set up and you played like, it was like the goal was to get from one side of the sail barge to the other. Okay. And I don't remember how to play it or anything, but I remember having a lot of fun with it. You used to play the hell out of that game. <laughs> nice. I, 
I mean, I got the game when I was in kindergarten, so we might have made up the rules. I mean, I can't say anything. There's a mash board game for some reason. So, I mean, if there's a thing out there, there's a board game for it. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) What, are you looking up the mash board game? No, I'm looking up the Jabba Sail Barge board game. I want to (laughs) see. So, I don't know if this is a new one. But it was called, oh yeah, 1983. That was kindergarten. Um, I wasn't born yet. (laughs) Return of the Jedi Battle at Sarlacc's Pit. Okay. And because we can, let me show it to you by sharing the screen. Uh, Only for for our Patreons, which if you'd like to see what we're sharing on our screen, go to patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio and you can get get into it from that. I don't even know if... Zoom records the screen share. I have no idea. Probably, but I have no idea. I didn't look at the video from the last time we did it. So so that looks so for those we went to Battle at Sarlacc Pit on board game on the um the and I remember this. Um I don't remember it having painted minis. I think this is someone using the Star Wars. I'm pretty sure, RPG yeah, the painted minis. minis are from the RPG. It I probably had cardboard. It. it probably had little cardboard pieces with yeah. little plastic bases that you set them in. I think it had cardboard standees. Yeah. But yeah, that's, this is what it looked bad like. That's badass. <laughs> you got to get all the way to Java. Nice. Maybe it did have figures. I don't remember. But yeah, I remember this box. I remember... Um, so, okay. So, topic is nostalgia. So... Um, when I was in third grade, I got the, um, pizza place, Christmas, uh, Christmas, pizza place, birthday party. (laughs) When I was in kindergarten. Nice. When I was in kindergarten, I had the pizza place birthday party and it was at a restaurant. This is a place I have so much nostalgia for. I don't remember where in New York it is. I want to say Medford. Um, I grew up on Long Island, so it's a lot of locations people don't know, but it was called Country Fair, and it was a pizza place, and it had a carnival in the back and an arcade in it. It was sort of like nice. Chuck E. Cheese before Chuck E. Cheese. And oh, the had, original Kid Casino. Okay. Yeah, and in the back, they had um, go-karts, and it was and it was one of the places I- Oh, it was I, a family fun center. Okay. Yeah, neat. and I fell in love with um, skee-ball. That's where I got my obsession with skee-ball. I love skee-ball nice. to this day. Did you ever have a birthday party when you were a kid? Well, yeah, I had the one every year. I that was the only one I ever had. Oh, you mean like an actual party party? Yeah. I thought you meant a birthday. Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, when I was a little growing up, we had the family gatherings. I was five or six, and then we'd do things for them. But as you get older, they become less and less special. Not that there's we anything. We did you know. family. That was the only time I ever had like friends at a birthday party. Like, mm-hmm. like my parents went to the effort of inviting people for my class and it was yeah. neat it was i i think about it all the time and i remember the names of my kindergarten classmates because of that party mm. like i probably wouldn't remember them if that didn't happen yeah well my memory is the last kid the last birthday a party at a place i remember was a discovery zone which for those that don't remember was a place that had a bunch of jungle gyms and ball pits and stuff inside for kids to play on that was just like this warehouse room and i you know there was a thing i was watching this on caravan of garbage blockbuster video had a thrown out idea where they were going to make discovery zone for adults interesting they were going to kind of dig it. 
they were going to make it adults only, so you could have alcohol and all that jazz. That's that's awesome, and it's still going to be the padded padded. But it was going to have like <laughs> foam ball pits and that's awesome, and trampoline rooms and yeah, that's pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie, that's pretty good. It was going to have um, a little movie theater in the back that you go out and watch movies. It would just have movies playing. It, you didn't pick what you would watch. It would right. just have movies playing. Yeah. But it was, I don't remember what it was called, but I, you could easily find it. You know what? I am totally wrong. It wasn't Caravan of Garbage that did it. It was um, Fact Fiend. Okay. Fact Fiend YouTube channel. Carl Smallwood. Um it's like um, Blockbuster had this most amazing idea that they never did, that it probably would have saved Blockbuster if they did it. It, I, it definitely I, would have been neat. I think they opened a pilot location, hmm. and it just didn't fly. Yeah, it depends on where you put it, I guess. The last Blockbuster is actually in Bend, Oregon. Really? I thought there was one in Alaska. Did that one go under? I had heard that there was. I don't I, – I, so I tried – so somebody told me that the last blockbuster was in Bend. So I was like, I, I said the same thing you said. So I tried to find out about it. And I believe the one in Alaska closed. Huh. I know and one of them has turned itself into an Airbnb. That's that's the it, one it in looks, Bend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They're, they've been taking a lot of, and they're only doing the Airbnb for people in the area. It's not. Makes sense. It, it, because the community has worked so hard to keep the store alive, like they've donated money and stuff. So yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it's not like uh, anybody could go and book a room at the Blockbuster. They're doing it for the Bend area. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's really neat. I don't know what the circumstances that has kept it going. I mean, I mean, if I wanted DVDs, I would switch to Netflix DVDs or use Redbox. <laughs> I remember back when Netflix was just DVDs. What was streaming? No one's heard of streaming before. You had to yeah. wait for that shit to show up in the mail. <laughs> I I remember when Netflix went streaming, and when they originally went, I'm I'm like when they first went streaming. It wasn't everything. Was a, they had select things that you could. Stream. But it was good stuff. Oh, they, yeah. they put some good stuff up. Well, they had to get people interested in paying extra for it. So, <laughs> I. Okay, so. What is your video store experience like nostalgia? Well, I remember uh, when I had a childhood home living in Lakewood, California, there was a video store that was about two blocks away from our house in a little shopping center. And uh, we would always go there and rent two or three movies for the weekend on most weekends because that was what we do at night. Uh, usually because... I lived in a neighborhood that had five or six families that all had kids and we were all roughly the same age. There was, there was like a three year difference between myself being the second oldest and, or my, my friend Carrie Ann being the oldest by two weeks oh, that's and cool. my sister being the youngest or uh, yeah, my sister being the youngest by two weeks. <laughs> and so there were like, oh, let's see, it was me, my sister, Carrie Ann, Cody, Mitchell, there were at least five, sometimes six of us that would all just roam from house to house to house in this neighborhood. <laughs> so every weekend, there would generally be a sleepover at somebody's house. <laughs> oh, that's cool. 
Yeah, we were all really tight. We actually met one of them, uh, Mary uh, Marianne or Elena, when she was on the episode. That was oh, one of is, my childhood is, friends. Is, is Elena Marianne? Yes. Oh, yes. okay, cool. Because you've mentioned both names kind of interchangeably, well, and I never really got, growing got up that. she was always Marianne to me, and then when we reconnected, it was Elena suddenly, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm still wired to call her Marianne. So. <laughs> We got to ask yeah. her to come back. I think oh, she'll definitely. have a lot of fun being on again. I think so. That was a great episode. But uh, yeah, so our movie experience, we, uh, someone's parents, usually mine or Carrie Ann and Cody's, would go to the video store and rent uh, three or four movies for the weekend for us kids to watch. And they usually get one for themselves as well. Or uh, the other way we'd get movies is we'd go to the library and check them out from the, check the check movies out from the library that they had. They used to have a pretty decent VHS selection at the uh the lakewood public library we went to so i did that when i was a kid it was um so the library was almost exclusively the muppet show Mm. and that was because that was my choice i i pretty much only rented the borrowed the muppet show and i would just watch them constantly yeah uh carrie ann was obsessed with newsies and i think she wore out that vhs i have never seen that (laughs) uh it's it's all right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i um, i've seen it so many times i'm sick of it <laughs> so so i mentioned my buddy sandro on the podcast before mm-hmm. uh, oh by the way he told me that if we can secure a specific guest he'll actually listen to the show <laughs> Ooh, i'm curious as to who this guest is now it's one of the new it's one of the anchors on the young turks I don't know. I don't know is, his so. name. I, I need to, I don't know who the young Turks I, are. I so. promised him I would act oh it's a progressive political show on YouTube. But okay. he promises me that the guy is nerdy right. because he'll like do he does a top ten segment and in his top ten segment he's done like top ten board games. Okay. All right, that's pretty nerdy. But yeah, yeah. So my best friend might actually listen to the show for the first time. Wow. Yeah, after four years. <laughs> um, so him and I, about once a week, would walk over to Long's Drugs to rent a video. And the big memory I associate with that is one time we walked over there and I didn't wear any shoes. We just walked over to the drugstore and I didn't have any shoes on. And he goes, he goes, so are we going to go back? Oh, well, I guess we can't go anywhere else because you don't have any feet. And <laughs> ever since then, we have referred to being barefoot as not having any feet. That's good. I, I, I like it. That's funny. Yeah, that has stuck around forever <laughs> that we went That's to the, good. the drugstore with no feet. That's pretty good. I, I was a barefoot kid. I would often go for walks without shoes uh. on. Uh, well, I was I was talking about my neighborhood friends, or as Marianne called us, the cul-de-sac crew. And uh, I got to shout out my buddy Mitchell, who is apparently a listener and is going to be a guest coming up soon. So awesome! Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think it's really cool that you you reconnected with Elena, and we've had her on the show. And oh yeah, no, yeah. she's great. She's great people. I, I honestly, I we were the first family of that group to move out, and so they all continued being friends up through middle school and high school and everything. And uh, we moved out when I was still in elementary school. So it was, it was a, a serious break and, and I didn't, I wasn't there for the rest of the lives that they all had. So it was kind of nice to be able to link back up and, you know, get to get to know people that I was friends with from such a small age. Cause I knew most of them since as far back as I can remember. 
That's really cool. I, I didn't know that the cul-de-sac crew was your guys growing up because I knew that her radio, sh her radio station was labeled that. Yeah, that, that's, that's really why, cool. That's why she that called it. it yeah, that, that's from, what yeah. she called us that. Because, well, the, we lived on a street that was right next to uh, the dead end of where a street called Los Coyotes Diagonal ends. And it ends in a cul-de-sac. And, and so that was always where we would go to ride bikes and stuff as a kid as we'd go hang out at the cul-de-sac. <laughs> so I had put a question in the outline that we both thought was a really cool question that related to nostalgia. And I haven't asked it yet. Oh, go for it. So what is a childhood meal that you cherished? Oh man. Well, okay. There, there's two types of childhood meals in my mind. There was my mom's cooking and the things that she would sure the things that she would make for us, which my mom's a great cook. Don't get me wrong, but she also liked to, you know, make things out of the frozen chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and stuff. And I always have a nostalgia for that stuff. But when I, when I think back to the, the real the meals and stuff that I miss, it was when we'd go to my grandma's house and my grandma would cook and she'd make a dish called Minchi which was, uh, I'm not that anybody here would ever be able to tell, but I am actually um, Hispanic, a quarter. And <laughs> my grandmother was uh, Castilian Spanish, but was born and raised in the Philippines. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So you guys had very diverse food. Oh, yeah. Adobo. And um, that, yeah, I grew up with all kinds of Filipino food and Filipino uh, uh, influence and on my mom's side of the family. And it was great. And oh god, the food! There is a reason I am the size I am. <laughs> Which you can see yourself if you're a Patreon. Yes. Now that we're recording uh -huh. the episodes, let's see how many times we can plug it this episode. <laughs> um, you you forgot to do the plug. Our, you forgot to do the plug. You can see our horrible quality video. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can see how bad my hair looks and how long it is. Usually I, I have a shaved head. So you know my strange relationship with food. So uh, yes. So um I am a I am gluten-free and I've been a vegetarian since I was 18. So nostalgia is weird for me because I either really have happy memories about gluten food that I can't have anymore, so it's bittersweet. <laughs> or I have happy memories of foods that would be revolting if I ate them now because I haven't eaten meat since I was 18. So um, so I want to tell a couple stories. Oh, uh, please do. When I was in elementary school, I went to Ridge School you know, on Ridge Road in Ridge, New York. Ridge, Ridge, Ridge. Right. And every... Um, every Friday for school lunch, they had a thing called a long burger and because it was Longwood school district. So it was a long burger and it was okay. just a regular, it was just a regular round hamburger. <laughs> okay. Cause um, that makes sense. And it had a, um, it had a patty that looked like, was it, it round? Was, it was, well, it looked like it was cooked for too long and then reheated in the microwave. So cafeteria food. Okay. It had goopy, like oozy gelatinous stuff on the top. Oh yeah. And the thing that made it the long burger is that it had, it was a cheeseburger with special sauce. So it was just meat, um, American cheese and mayo mixed with ketchup, but like a <laughs> big glob of it. So this nice. pink sauce. Nice. And I dream about that burger sometimes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I remember a lot of kids thought it was gross because the special sauce had that weird, like, fleshy color. Oh, man. Because it's just mayo mi mixed with a little bit of ketchup. Yeah. Um, the I've... other thing we had was the square school lunch pizza, which was yeah. the floppy. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody who grew up in the 90s is familiar with the square cafeteria pizza. <laughs> and then I moved to California where they had churros. Yeah, that's which just a was thing a when you live in California. like foreign thing to me that it was like, because I'd never heard of them before and everybody I mean, had grown yeah, up with them. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, I grew up with them. And for me, it's nothing weird. Like, oh, churros, awesome. There really aren't things that I had when I was a kid that I really, really liked that I eat now. There, so there's very few things that I have nostalgia that I still can have. It's just kind of like thinking back on the memory of it. Um, my grandmother made this meal. She called it baked noodles. If you saw it, you were think you would think you were watching an episode of Epic Meal Time. <laughs> So, okay. So it was macaroni. It was a. It was in a saute pan. She, not in a saute pan, in a casserole pan. And she used a big ass casserole pan and it had a layer of macaroni with like shred with like six different kinds of cheese shredded, and then it had ham and bacon, and that would be one layer. And then she would coat that with butter, and then she would put the macaroni again and then she would do the ham and the bacon and the cheese and then spread butter on top and it like it would turn stop, white on stop. each layer i can yeah. only get so erect <laughs> yeah <laughs> my grandfather oh my, my grandfather would stack a big pile of it on his plate oh my god like yeah and how many heart attacks did he have well um when he passed away um, one of my cousins made it oh and God. told everybody, I know this is totally bad for you and nobody eats like this anymore, but everybody's going to eat a plate of this because <laughs> 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 it was my grandfather's favorite food. Nice. But nice. yeah, it was like I, I watched Epic Mealtime and was like, I ate like that every day when I was a little right? kid because my grandmother was insane. Yeah, I ate that. I ate like that when I lived with my roommates in Long Beach because I didn't give a shit. <laughs> I was a fat kid in high school, and I used to do things like I would eat a whole chicken and then a pizza. When you say a whole chicken, you mean like a rotisserie chicken, or um, no, you get an eight piece fried chicken and eat it oh, all, or no, like you like bite the head off a live chicken and no, feast like, on it as it like a chick, like a whole like family sized chicken that had been baked and made okay. i could eat i would just eat the whole thing and then i would eat like a pizza and i would just binge i was like a crazy binge eater and i was like i i would go to um one of my big common ones was i would go to jack in the box mm -hmm. and i would get um six um six um, spicy chicken, uh, no, sp crunchy chicken sandwich or whatever they are, because okay. they were like a dollar each, and I would get six of them and eat them, and I, I would eat them on the way home. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, the, I, I was a, I was a big dude. That that was one of the reasons why I became vegetarian. Mm. I mean, I don't eat like that anymore, but there was a time when I could put it away. I, I really try not to. Now, I've lost forty-seven pounds, so. <laughs> It's tough. I mean, I, 
I, I look back on those times and I, I, I have happy memories of it. I'm, I'm glad I do. The, um, that, that, that's one of the things about nostalgia about food is I was a big boy in high school. Mm. And um, I mean, to be fair, I don't think I've ever not been. So I, I understand what you're saying, where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really proud of you. You, you've been doing tremendous. Yeah. I, I don't want to die. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Contrary to popular belief, I like living and, <laughs> um, you know, there is something my grandmother made in when I was a kid, but I don't know the recipe and I would love to get it. It was a rhubarb um, and strawberry, like a gelatin pudding. Interesting. It would be in a bowl and she would like flip the bowl over and it would be. Yeah, so it was a 70s recipe because they made they made everything into jello in the 70s. Yeah. I have no idea how she made it. All I know, she slapped my hand if I touched it when she made it because she said the oils in your hand make it so it doesn't gelatinize. Oh, geez. Okay. It never didn't gelatinize. So yeah. I think she just didn't want me to touch it. I mean, there's definitely something to be said for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything like that. But, uh, uh, oh, man, yeah. My mom always used to make these. Uh, she would uh, she, she would call them... Uh, 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 fried chicken style potatoes where she'd take a mandolin and make uh, chips out of like seven or eight big potatoes Ooh. and then she'd, she'd batter them like she was making fried chicken and she'd just fry those Ooh. and we'd eat an entire plate of those for while watching a movie or something. There's a place called Shakey's Chicken that has something called mojo potatoes yep. similar to that. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was that was the inspiration but she used, her own, she used her own recipe for the, uh, for the coating and it was amazing. That's awesome. My mom makes the best fried chicken I've ever had, and I've had a lot of fried chicken, as you can tell. <laughs> you know, I actually thought of a recipe I grew up with that I still make today. I forgot about this because I've been making it constantly for years. Mm. Um, it's a family recipe. It's um, the basta with the onions. That's what everyone calls it. Okay. It's a very simple recipe. It's caramelized onions or just sweated transparent onions. I don't think they're quite caramelized with diced tomatoes and pasta no okay. garlic added apparently yeah sacrilege how garlic dare ruined, you garlic actually ruins this recipe this was one my mom tried making for years and it never came out right because she added garlic to it but it's like mm. perfect um another one is the basta with the peas a so lot the of same thing but you add peas no the basta with the peas doesn't have tomatoes in it okay what what does the basta mean i don't Pasta. It's okay. a Sicilian pronunciation. <laughs> I yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. And you make it al dente. Yeah. That's it. I asked my mom once, I go, because my, my, my cousin, one of my cousins was trying to teach me a Sicilian. And I asked my mom, I go, how did they say, how do they say mushy in Sicilian? I can't remember how to do it. And mom goes, a mushy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. See, coming from my background, instead of pasta or potatoes, a lot of times we add rice. We ate rice with everything. Oh, no yeah. matter what it was, we there was always a pot of rice. <laughs> I was having a nostalgia conversation with a friend who was Japanese. And I said, what was your favorite food growing up? And he said, green tea with rice. Yeah. And it's a decent lunch. I've never tried it. I, I've, 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 I've been wanting to try it forever and I always forget, but I've never tried green tea with not 
get a, a cup get, of get a, green tea, but like mixed in with the rice. Yeah, a little matcha powder or even a little yeah. actual green tea to to liquid it up. Yeah, it's not bad. It sounds really um, good. An- another good one we used to do just uh, you take uh, the rice from the night before into a bowl, microwave it, pat a butter on there, mix it in, go to town. Oh my God, we're just gonna talk about food for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 all right. I'm gonna think nostalgia. Time to switch topics. Uh, hey, Brian, what's the first movie you remember? Um, it's hard to tell because it's one of two. It was either E.T. or Superman Three, and they were both in the drive-in. Okay. Um, I don't know which was first. I'm kind of in that same boat. Um, First movie I can remember ever watching was uh, Disney's the Robin Disney's Robin Hood. Um, And I do. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. And I don't want to get copyright struck. One of the things about Superman three that I remember from when I was a little kid is there's a scene where Superman gets sucked into a rope like a computer. Mm-hmm. That scared the fuck out of me when I was little. <laughs> and I still get goosebumps when I see it as an adult because it was so freaky when I was a mm. kid. Because like this, a lady gets eaten by the computer and then she attacks Superman and then Superman gets eaten by the computer. And that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> I like get a little like sick to my stomach when I see it as an adult because it scared me so bad when I was a kid. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know why that movie gets such a bad rap. Have you ever seen it? Which one? Superman three, the Richard Pryor one. Oh yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's all right. It's, I really I mean it's not great. It. It's not great, but it's 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 enjoyable. I I have this problem that movies I saw as a kid. I still like them as an adult, even when I see them later. Seeing them as a grown-up doesn't ruin them for me. Oh yeah, I'm the same way. I love movies from when I was a kid. I mean, what's the first movie you remember when you were a kid? Other than um, so, uh, Robin the Disney's Hood? Robin Hood was the first was one. The, uh, only- the other one that I really remember watching from a very young age was a t- tie between um, Jungle Book and Dumbo. We used to have the the clamshell VHSs growing up and. Those were three of the ones. We also had Beauty and the Beast that we watched a lot. We had Cinder. We had all, all the most of the Disney classics. So speaking of nostalgia, I remember watching Dumbo with my dad mm. and my dad explaining that the crows were speaking in jive talk and that you're not supposed to do that. Yes, because and, it is terribly, terribly racist. But this was when I was a kid before people were like woke to that, which I thought was <laughs> cool that my dad taught me that. that yeah, he was that's like, pretty cool. Yeah, he was like, you can't talk like that. That's not okay. Nope. I ain't never seen, a, <laughs> I ain't never seen an elephant fly. <laughs> and David just violated the rule and he is now canceled. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the, um, I mean, to be fair, though, I, I, I recite the jive lines from Airplane so often oh, enough, I'd too. be in trouble from that. It's so funny. <laughs> it, it, I speak jive. Oh, it's such a great scene. Jive ass dude ain't got no brains anyhow. <laughs> Well, um, people talk about Blazing Saddles, how Blazing Saddles oh, is a movie that you, you could not make, make that now. movie. No, you could not make that movie today. I, nope. I, I listened to Mel Brooks talking about it 
Mm. And he said, we almost couldn't make it that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, it was hard to make it that. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Uh, I couldn't imagine trying to make a movie like that nowadays. Oh, my God. <sighs> um, but uh, that, I, I have to say, Blazing Saddles is done as satire to teach a lesson. Oh yeah. It's I don't consider it offensive, but I mean that comes off pretty shallow coming from a white dude. But yeah, I I don't believe Blazing Saddles is a slanderously racist offensive movie. I think it was done on purpose as satire. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. It's it's all about I mean, uh, I don't know how controversial this this theory might be, but it's it's all about the intent of it. And sometimes, you know, it's you can say something terribly, terribly bad, but I mean, as long as everyone knows that that your intent is in a different direction, it's it's okay. Like for that movie. I mean, yeah, they use the N-word a lot, but they're doing it to be funny. <laughs> yeah, it it was done to show the ludicrousness of racism and, mm-hmm. and it was it was a very good movie. And there's a lot of great satire like the French mistake which is so hilarious what that really is. And I am not going to educate the listeners of the podcast as to what the French mistake is. But I would uh, like you to Google it. Oh, so man. You As learn. you said that, the tune started running through my head. So what the joke was, feel free to Google French mistake. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a man. very funny joke. Oh, it's so good. The whole movie, the whole end of that movie is just amazing. <laughs> they literally break the fourth wall. <laughs> literally. As they go crashing into another soundstage. <laughs> so there's a there's a theory that um the music you listen to when you were 14 years old reflects your mu- music taste for the rest of your life. Is that true wow. for you? Radio Disney. Hmm. <laughs> um, no, when I was 14, I was listening to, well, most of the times I'd listen to the radio was when I was in the car with my parents and my dad always listened to classic rock and my mom always listened to oldies. So <laughs> that's the music I grew up listening to as a kid. What was really funny is my music taste changed crap tons Mm. when i was 14 i listened to a lot of weird al and a lot of guns and roses yeah i got into weird al when i was in my later teens and and then through high school that changed to white zombie and marilyn manson Mm. uh when i was in high school i started i started getting hardcore into weird al and I started listening. I've always been fairly eclectic when it comes to music, so I listen to all kinds of stuff. But what was your first Weird Al album? Uh, the first album I owned was Running with Scissors, but I've since then owned every album he's made at some point. My first so... one was um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, um, I remember. This is gonna be. This is gonna be such a nerdy thing. This mm-hmm. is. This is gonna tell you so much about me as a kid. Yeah. I so my parents got divorced and I would visit my dad and one year I visited my dad in the winter and I was walking to so picture me in a snowsuit with headphones on walking in the snow listening to Jurassic Park by Weird Al on the way to the magic shop yeah but I mean Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark 
but I was going to the magic shop. Mm. I was basically Howard Wallowitz when I was a kid. <laughs> I would literally, when I was a little, when I was like 12, I would hang out in touristy areas and just show random people magic tricks. Wow. Not like as a busker, just annoying kid showing magic tricks to people. Wow. Okay. 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 Yeah. See, when I was growing up there, we had these things called video games. <laughs> I want to tell you a story about the magic shop I went to as a kid. Now, this okay. Is, sure. This is something I cherish forever. Lay it on me. So, um, when I was a kid, I used to go to this magic shop um, called Ronjo's, and um, we used to. I used to go and learn how to do trick shuffles. And I, I really like trick shuffles and like spinning cards from hand to hand and riffles and waterfalls and juggling tricks and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I would often go in and bug the people who work there and tried to get them to teach me things. And generally the rule was they only do that if you buy something. But if you went in enough, you would get them to show off. Fair enough. Well, very often I would go in there and there would be another guy um that was like he was like in his 20s he was like 10 years older than me 10 12 years older than me something like that and ah the uh, days when you could wander unescorted into a building at eight no one asked any questions well (laughs) um long story short his name was chris and he was chris angel no way and i recognized him when i grew up fucking way yeah Wow. All right. And if you there's there was a special with Chris Angel where he went to Ronjo's uh-huh. and talked about how he used to go there when he was a kid. And I mean he wasn't like a friend or anything. I just remember seeing him <laughs> at the magic shop. All right, all right, fair enough. It was just one of those small that small is world a, things. That is a, quite the mind freak, Brian. I yeah. <laughs> well, Ronjo's was like the only magic shop to go to, and it it still is like one of the best suppliers of like real stage illusions. Like people, like real magicians, order shit from them. Ah, hmm. uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Some, I don't know any real magicians, so I couldn't having. Uh, so when I visited my dad when I was a kid, I had so much free time. So there were I had so many nerdy hobbies. And I, I learned how to juggle. I learned how to do magic tricks because I was bored. My dad would be at work and I would just be at his apartment all day. Hmm. He didn't have a TV? No. Oh, wow. Okay. No. Damn. Yeah. He had a tape deck. <laughs> Thus, Weird Al. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There was also a lot of Van Morrison and Talking Heads. Because of my dad. Uh, I, I When I was in middle school in sixth grade, I failed an English class. So the entire summer that year, I got grounded with no TV or anything in my room. So I literally just read for three straight months. Oh, that's awesome. I read every book in the house. <laughs> so reading when we were kids, we differ on because I was a big comic book kid and you weren't. Nope. I didn't start like when I was a kid kid, all my reading was like. Um, Beverly Cleary stuff. And mm. um, I read The Hobbit for school. Yeah. Uh, first book series I ever read was a series called The Three Detectives. It was the first few were written by Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, neat. 
my uncle gave me there was like 40 of them they're you know 110 120 pages little paperbacks followed the story of jupiter jones and his two best friends that lived at his uncle's junkyard and had a secret clubhouse where they would solve mysteries oh neat that's really cool yeah it was a lot of fun i think it was yeah it's called the three detectives and yeah it was a, it was a neat series. i was the first like long book series i read and then when i was 12 i got my first copy of the lord of the rings and <laughs> it kind of went off from there i was really into like the mouse and the motorcycle read that um, good book there was um, the celery stalks at midnight was another one. I'm not. I don't know that one. It was. I don't remember the author, but it was of a series called the Binicular series. It was about a bunny vampire. Yeah. No. I, no. Um, they even made a like a little movie, like a Saturday movie for kids. That. No, was, okay. Yeah. The. Um, I remember they made a movie of the mouse and the motorcycle. Yeah, the celery stalks at midnight was the. You know the 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 other pets were afraid that since the they believed that the rabbit was a vampire, so if it if it ate celery, the celery was going to become a vampire. <laughs> and then, of course, the celery stalks at midnight is a very good pun. It is. It's really good. I was just thinking that. It was written by um, James Howe, mm. um, and the main characters are the pets that live in the house. So it's Neat. like the cat and two dogs, and okay. then there's the rabbit bunicula, which is the the rabbit vampire. Mm. Um, Let's see. Ooh, what was the what 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 was the book that you learned to read with? I don't. I think I just. I think I learned to read from street signs, and then I just cemented that. And I think the first, like, I think I. I learned to read from street signs, attended kindergarten, and then my mom handed me like the mouse and the motorcycle, and I just sat and read it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember learning to read from a book. Nah, I okay. think I I just I think because my mom was a teacher, she just had me like learning from like street signs, and then I picked up really quick in kindergarten. Mm, okay. Okay. So my first book was the mouse and the motorcycle. And I remember the interaction with my parents was like they were like, read this. And I'm like, it's really long. I've never read anything that long. And it's like, well, it's your first one. And I read it. Nice. Yeah. That there, there was a lot of stuff like that when I was a kid, it was like, my parents would hand me something and be like, do this. And it's like, well, I've never done that before. And it's like, first time. <laughs> Learn to, start learning. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. Not I bad. was always like my, my parents would try to teach me stuff. Like my dad tried to teach me how to b- ride a bicycle, mm-hmm. but I couldn't learn it from someone teaching me. I had to play with the bike on my own until I could. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's see. My first book was green eggs and ham by Dr. Seuss. We had a whole set of like 30 of his books uh, growing up. And then I graduated from that into, like I said, the, uh, the, the three detectives, and then from there, I went into Animorphs. Oh, and, uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. I read all the, all 42 or 45 of those bad boys. <laughs> you know what my mom did is she would just read what she was reading out loud. Mm. So okay. there was probably a lot of stuff that might not be considered appropriate for kids. <laughs> but she fair would it. just read it out loud. I mean, she didn't read romance novels, but it, right, would, fair it enough. would just be like, 
I don't remember what was popular back then, but it would be the equivalent of James Patterson, you know? Gotcha. It would yeah, just yeah. be some, she just read that kind of stuff when I was a kid. Oh, speaking of which, she's reading the Dresden Files. She's on book four. Nice. Yeah, it, I've been. I, I haven't shared that as a nerdy thing. I really should because, like, my highlight of my week of, is talking to my mom about where she is in the series. We should have her on as a guest. No, we should not. Why I not? don't want to have my mom on. Oh come on! Oh, that would be oh, so. Oh come on! No, no. <sighs> Fine. Oh, no. Fine. <laughs> not my mom. <laughs> Fine. Oh, that would be so. She would embarrass me on purpose. <laughs> I I love my mom and would love to have her on, but she would capitalize on that so hard. Oh, I know. I've met your mom. It's great. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. All so right. we are out of time. Oh, we are. Wow. All right. Damn, that went quick. We were yeah. just talking. Well. Um, we're going to finish a little sooner than we usually do, but, um, we're, I wanted to make sure we had time for our bonus episode, which you could listen to on nerd, but on patreon.com slash nerd podcast radio. You got it again. Three, um, three, three. But speaking of science fiction technology that we actually have. Oh boy. Here we go. Um, Nerd Podcast Radio is in possession of an extra-dimensional portal, and there has been all sorts of adventures we've been going on with this, but one of the coolest things about it is is we 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 got in touch with the doctor. No, a not doctor. Not necessarily the doctor. A, a doctor. A doctor. I can use the word the doctor without it being copyright or anything. Well, as long as you don't capitalize the D, sure. I mean, we have used the word TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but that's a, but that's an acronym, and as long as it has a different uh, a different uh, 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 whatever you call a word that is acronymed, I whatever as long as th- those are different, we're good. Um. Okay, so um, <laughs> there is. I broke Brian for a second. We have a. <laughs> The new thing that we know about now is the translator. And the translator allows me to read the manual. So I have learned much about using this thing. At least you're finally reading the damn thing. And um, I am very much looking forward to um, having Jim Butcher on the show. So um, one of the things I want to do... Did we announce that to other people that weren't Patreons yet? Well, no, we haven't actually... (laughs) So, um, way to spill the beans there, Brian. Well, it's uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We were going to do a thing with Jim Butcher. So, yeah. Hopefully. If you want to know more not, about not, that, not, you not can God listen would. on our Patreon on our bonus episodes <laughs> and learn more about Jim Butcher and how he's going to be interviewed on the show. Yes, because not only. Nerd Podcast Radio. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at patreon.com slash Nerd Podcast Radio. You know, you never do get that right. But, you know, uh, I was not, not... I was drinking I was drinking a glass of a bottle of wine earlier. Not a whole bottle of wine, just a bottle that had wine in it. Um, and if you were <laughs> if you were um, watching on our Patreon, you would have seen me dr- drinking that bottle of wine. And if you didn't. Um, if you didn't, you can go watch that video at patreon.com slash nerd podcast radio. <laughs> this 
This episode of Tales from the Extra Dimensional Portal brought to you by patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. <laughs> nerdpodcastradio. Oh we bring science fiction technology to life, and you can learn more about that at patreon.com all right stop stop you know if we have okay okay okay. right if you keep beating that dead horse it's there's not going to be much of a horse left that is true well you know we we do these episodes We, we we came up with this episode kind of at the last minute we originally well I probably shouldn't go into that because we're going to talk about that on our bonus episode. And if you don't have access to our bonus episode, you can get that at patreon.com slash nerd podcast radio. Brian, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for tales from the extra dimensional portal, where we talk about our real science fiction technology. Where Brian admitted that he's finally reading the manual. (laughs) Which, you work in IT, you're supposed to do that. Um, I, I have some questions for you before we, we close out for the day. Okay. Um, I want to know... Seven. If you have gotten any updates about Irwindale Renfair yet. Unfortunately, the 2021 season has, gone, has also been canceled. But we are looking forward to coming back. Her Majesty will be returning to Port Deptford in our year, the year of our Lord, twenty twenty-two. Oh. Um. So, on behalf of all the citizens of Port Deptford, myself included, we uh, marry meet until we meet again. <laughs> so, I wanted to ask you if you'd ever heard of something. Okay. Um, in Utah, there is a theme park called Evermore. Oh uh, no. I've You've never, never heard, heard of this? The only experience I have with Utah is the very southern tip is my grandparents moved to St. George. That's as far into Utah as I ever really got. It's a live RPG theme park. That sounds amazing. Do you have yeah. any idea where in Utah it is? Um, Utah is a big state. <laughs> so it's Evermore Theme Park in Pleasant Grove, Utah. All right, I'm going to look up where Pleasant Grove, Utah is. Hold on. And I will... Come on, Google, don't fail me now. Excuse uh, me, I didn't mute quick enough. No, you're fine. Uh, Pleasant Grove, Utah, is a northern suburb of Salt Lake, or a southern suburb of Salt Lake City. So, no, I've never been. <laughs> I have watched some YouTube videos of people playing the game, and it looks amazing. That sounds like a lot of fun. It but... it's like what Renfair tries to accomplish with the Dragon Quest. Uh, but tries much, to accompl- much tries to better. accomplish. How dare oh, you? They accomplish it quite well. Thank Dragon you. Dragon Quest much. is really cool, but this is much higher production values. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a whole theme park. We're yeah. We're, see, look, you okay? The I'm Southern not California saying. Renaissance Pleasure Fair is actually a small city. Uh, we so, are the okay. city of Deptford. I am going to clarify. When I go to Ren Fair, I always do Dragon Quest because it's one of my favorite things of the. Oh, fa- Dragon Quest is awesome. Because and it's going to continue to be awesome even if I went to Evermore because there is the reason why it's not as immersive is because there are other things as well at Ren Fair which make it worth it, such mm-hmm. as the tournament and the amazing vendors and Brood and the food and the shows. 
I love and Brun and, Brun and Mooney is one of my favorite things. Oh, Mooney and Bruin are far and away the star attraction. Uh, a lot of the musical acts are becoming more and more popular. The Poxy Boggards play every single day, several times a day. They're amazing. Uh, the, the Merry Wives of Windsor, constant, uh, constant entertainment as well. I, I still, I, I have a, I have a couple of friends that we still crack each other up by going. So why are you driving in a European car? That's one of Bruin's jokes. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Why do you insist on driving a European car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their show is far and away one of the best I've seen. They do so a good. great show. And they're, they're such diverse performers. So, okay, so for listeners who have no clue what we're talking about, Mooney and Bruin are stand-up comedians at the Renaissance Fair. Well, they're not just stand-up comedians. Mooney is an acrobat who does a lot of, he does tightrope walking and juggle, is a very adept juggler. And and, and Bruin is a juggler too. Bruin is also a juggler and they are both comedians and they play off, they're great friends and they play off each other amazingly. They have separate shows during the day, but at the very end of the day, the last show of the night is them together on stage and it is magic. <laughs> they also, in normal years, perform at the Fringe Festival. Mm. I made it to that one year and it was really cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The um yeah, I I actually went the last time I went to fair, I went with people who don't like going to the shows, and I was so disappointed. What? That's like half the reason you go. The <laughs> only reason they go to the fair is to go to the stores. Well, fair enough. There are and a lot of them. Fair enough. <laughs> ah you saw what I did there. <laughs> um the, I, 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 it breaks my heart not to be able to go to the shows. It's like the only reason I go to fair. I like the vendors, but I don't go to the fair just to shop. I can buy all that stuff online if I want to. I mean, part of it is just the experience. I, I, that's one of the reasons I became a cast member. I love going so much. I love interacting with the people. I love getting to play with the, with the, with the, uh, the guests that come in and just getting to, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a great way to relax and get to you know, work on the improv skills and just have a great time with a bunch of very like-minded people. One of these days we'll have to do a fair episode. Cause I wanted to ask you some questions about time travel day. Oh yeah. No problem. Um, so I actually let me know when you want to do that. Let me see if I can line up a guest. I've got a couple of people that I do fair stuff with that would probably be great to have on for that as well. Yeah, look at the spreadsheet and just pick a day. Sounds good. Yeah. Let me see if I can grab if I can get somebody to agree to come on. Cool. Um, so this was our episode. Yeah. Um, we um um, we talked about nostalgia. I mean, wasn't it great when we talked about nostalgia? That yes, was, it was such a neat time. Man, I, talking am so about nostalgia. I am so nostalgic remember, for that conversation. You know, remember when we were talking about the meals we had when we were kids? Remember? Oh, and yeah. you remember, remember when we talked about the movies we watched when we were kids? Oh, yeah. Remember that? It's all about those kid cuisine frozen dinners. I remember. <laughs> anyway. That was our episode. I have been Superfinger Brian. I was joined by David Toothpick the Third. Oh, man. <laughs> this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Stay awesome. Bye, everybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're too much, Brian. Cut yourself off. <laughs> Show. 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 Show.